It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. News Podcast presents Brett Baer's All-Star Panel. America's got to be in the lead if you want to deal with these threats. We're going to lead. The morning is over. The shiva is done. And if you're a conservative, you should be optimistic. You know, my main priority right now is making sure that it delivers for the American people. We have to make our country great again, and I will do that. I think the president gets criticized by people all the time for the stuff he says, by people who ignore what he does. Now, Fox's chief political anchor, Brett Baer. As inflation and gas prices continue to hit new highs, the stock market taking big hits, and the Biden administration scrambling to find new solutions ahead of the midterms. My plan is to lower employer, lower everyday costs for everyday costs for hardworking Americans, and lower the deficit by asking large corporations and the wealthiest Americans to not engage in price gouging and to pay their fair share in taxes. Meanwhile, 10 Republican senators have agreed to a potential bipartisan deal on gun safety regulations in the wake of the shooting at an elementary school in Uvalde, Texas. For this and more, we bring in our panel, Democratic strategist, syndicated talk radio host Leslie Marshall, Fox News correspondent Mark Meredith, and chief political correspondent at The Washington Examiner, Byron York. Mark, uh, the administration seems to be trying to go on all cylinders to say they're doing a lot about inflation. But in reality, uh, the message is they can't do a lot. The Fed's in charge, and uh, they're going to try to work things around the edges. That's right. But I think what's interesting is that the White House is continuing to push this message that the gas price problem really belongs to Vladimir Putin. And what's interesting is this is a message that we saw the White House try to push through earlier in the year, And the public really wasn't buying it. And we even saw that in the poll numbers, who was responsible for the rise in gas prices. And it was not, the public was not saying this was a direct result only of Russia, but they felt some of the policies coming out of D.C. So while the administration is trying to say, okay, it could be Russia, it could be other external factors, global demand, China's, uh, you know, reemergence out of these lockdowns, you have to, you're right, Brett, that people are going to be so angry and frustrated and they're going to blame whichever party's in the White House. And of course, right now, that's President Joe Biden. Yeah, Byron, it's um, there really isn't a lot they can do to turn this kind of ship around with four and a half months to go. No. And, you know, it's it's becoming as serious as inflation is. It's becoming more serious now with talk of the Fed raising interest rates even more. Uh, and bringing on a recession, kind of like what happened in the 1980s when Paul Volcker, who was then the chairman of the Fed, basically kind of wrung inflation out of the system at the cost of having a pretty serious recession. So I, I think there's a lot of um, a lot of worry about that. Plus, um, Republicans are going to blame this on Biden completely. I just I just saw today an article from November. 12th of 2020, right after the election, Biden had been elected, uh, and it was conservatives saying that gas prices could go as high as $5 a gallon under Joe Biden, Um, because they were saying that because of Biden's environmental policies. He wasn't president yet, but that's what he had campaigned on, and they were predicting that. 
And of course, Democrats were trying to knock that down. Uh, but here we are. And I think you're going to see, uh, and it was before Putin's price hike. So I think you're going to see Republicans just pounding the president every single day, blaming him and Democrats personally for this. Yeah, Leslie, it's not just Republicans piling on this White House. I mean, there are, I've counted five stories in major publications or outlets uh, bringing up this, the topic of is President Biden going to run in 2024? That, in this environment, can't be helpful. Uh, no, it, it's not. But, you know, all of my, you know, Democrat Washington insiders say, you know, he is obviously un unless God forbid something were to happen with his health. And, you know, I don't think anybody gets in the game and says, I want to do this one term, you know, especially because I, I would imagine just uh, when you look at the cyclical nature of any economy, um, eight years usually gives you uh, a better um, graph <laughs> than four years, especially um, where we are. Uh, to the other gentleman's points, you know, whoever is in power is going to get blamed. Uh, Biden is in power. Democrats uh, are in power. And, you know, people are angry and want somebody to blame. But we also know realities. And both Democrats and Republicans know this, even though Republicans aren't going to say that, um, which is uh, this is a, a global problem. Uh, inflation. It's not just an American problem. Uh, gas prices are a global problem. And uh, Joe Biden certainly is not president of the world, even though we, the nation of the United States, are leaders in, in the world when it comes to freedom, when it comes to democracy. Uh, we're not. And, and then fear, absolutely. Fear is a big one, especially going into the midterms. Um, you know, one of the things that I have learned, I'm not an economist, but from uh, top economic minds that I have interviewed, is one of the problems when you have the Fed's hike interest rates is they really don't know how high to go till they get to the point where you could be in a recession and then they go, ah, that was a bit too much. And that's very scary. Yeah. And Mark, um, there is progress. Um, there's, it's hard to say in Washington these days that there's movement on anything, but there is movement on this gun legislation that now 10 Republicans have signed on. And we just heard that Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell is signing on to uh, what is being agreed to. And while it's not everything uh, in any way, shape or form that Democrats really want on gun control, uh, it is movement that hasn't happened in years. You're right. It is movement. It's happened. It hasn't happened in years. But I'm curious of whether the president's really going to be able to take a victory lap on this or if this is because it's Congress that worked out this deal. If they're going to say, oh, this is really more of a bipartisan solution. This isn't something that the White House could really take credit for the lead on. Um, and it goes back to me, I think, honestly, God, the economy, which is still going to dominate them. But yes, when it comes to this gun control legislation, you know, some movement is going to be seen by a lot of people as, as better than nothing. And uh, if Leader McConnell says, like he said today, that if the agreement is what it is right now, that he would support it, that would be a big indication that uh, something is getting done in Washington. But I really don't know if the president's going to be able to get the credit for this or if it's going to pivot back to Congress. Obviously, there is you know, a lot of attention in the wake of what happened in Texas, what's just happened in Buffalo. And there's certainly going to be a lot of continued questions about what else can be done. But what if, God forbid, there's another mass shooting right after this legislation is signed into law? So I, I, I just wonder if it'll be too soon for either the White House or for anybody to say, OK, look, we're solving the problem. All right. We're going to take a quick pause here. We'll be back after this. Hey, folks, it's your man, Keyshawn Johnson, here to talk about Angie, formerly known as Angie's List, your go to home services marketplace for getting all your jobs done well. 
Now, you might be wondering, what exactly is Angie? Well, let me tell you. It's the nation's largest home services marketplace, connecting over 150 million homeowners with skilled professionals to tackle any project, big or small. As a homeowner myself, I always have things I want to work on for my house, whether it's general home renovations or fun projects like putting in a pool. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it a breeze to research, compare, and hire pros, ensuring every job is done well. Whether you're fixing a leaky faucet or planning a full kitchen renovation, Angie's got your back. And get this, folks. Angie's pros aren't just any old contractors. They're your neighbors, often running small businesses right in your community. Plus, they've been rated and reviewed by others in your area. So you know you're getting quality service. So why stress over home projects when you can turn to Angie? From finding the best price to scheduling a pro at your convenience, Angie's got you covered every step of the way. So get started today at Angie.com. That's Angie.com or download the app today to get started on getting all your jobs done. That's Angie, your trusted ally in home services. I mean, there is uh, some agreement, which is significant. I mean, I did this debate in Boston with Lindsey Graham and Bernie Sanders. Both of them said that they would uh, sign on to this this framework. Uh, Byron, last thing, politics-wise, obviously we talk about the economy, talk about inflation, talk about gas prices, talk about crime, immigration, uh, big issues that face families around the country. But is the hope on the Democratic side that the January 6th hearings and bringing up uh, Donald Trump's actions in the final days of his administration, that the abortion issue as we get a Roe v. Wade decision, that the gun issue will help pare down losses in what looks like a pretty big wave. Yeah, it does look like a big wave. And I think that's exactly the hope. The the hope, uh, I think, among realistic Democrats is not that those issues you just mentioned will just turn the tide completely, but that it will help around the margins and that in uh, groups um, where uh, areas where there are a lot of voters who might vote on the abortion issue or the gun issue, uh, it might help Democrats. But the House is so evenly divided now. Just the, the Republicans win a net six seats and they take over. Um, so I think it's, it, it looks very, very good for them. The, um, the point for Democrats right now is to limit those potential losses. And you agree with that, Leslie? Yeah, I, I agree with Byron. I mean, look, you know, Donald Trump lost 40 seats with the exact same approval rating that Joe Biden, President Biden has right now. Uh, one of the problems that Democrats have that Republicans beat us at midterm after midterm is turnout. And uh, there are two issues that are very important uh, in addition to uh, the economy and crime, uh, which are obviously, uh, you know, abortion, uh, Roe v. Wade, and, um, you know, the gun issue. And is this legislation enough? It, it doesn't, you know, address uh, the age. It doesn't address uh, universal background checks entirely. And, and, and here is, you know, what the, my party is hoping for, that we can, uh, you know, really provoke more voters to get out uh, with, you know, uh, threats of what Republicans aren't doing when it comes to guns and are doing when it comes to uh, taking away uh, reproductive rights. Will that be enough to get people out and to get those numbers that we need in the midterms uh, when some of those Democrats 
are angry about the economy and crime, the very issues that Republicans are using to get their base out in the midterms as well. All right, panel, thank you. Now for a bit of history. June 14th, 1928, then-Secretary of Commerce Herbert Hoover was nominated at the Republican National Convention to be the party's nominee for president. Once President Calvin Coolidge announced he would not seek re-election, Hoover became the clear alternative, winning 837 delegates, while the next closest competitor only won 74. Hoover would go on to win the presidential race in November, becoming the 31st president of the United States and the first president to be born west of the Mississippi River. That'll do it for this week. You can hear more of this series at foxnewspodcast.com. Wherever you download podcasts, make sure to leave a rating and a review. We want to hear from you. For Byron, Leslie, and Mark, I'm Brett Baer. We'll see you next time. Pull up a chair and join me, Rachel Campos Duffy. And me, former U.S. Congressman Sean Duffy, as we share our perspective on the discussions happening at kitchen tables across America. Download from the kitchen table, the Duffy's at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you download podcasts.